Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Truth in the Trenches. Today's episode is titled How I Homeschool, Clean, Run a Business, and Thrive. That's right, you guys. I can do these things, some days, I might add, while still enjoying my life. I chose to talk about this today specifically because I've had a lot of people coming to me lately asking how I managed to fit it all in. And I know that these people are not looking for a magic formula. These people are looking for real tips and tools that they can use and implement in their homes and try to wrap their heads around how this is possible. They see other moms doing it. They see other moms working or maybe not working, but managing to homeschool, have multiple kids, get their kids out and involved in things. They seem happy, like they're enjoying their life. They're not going crazy. Um, They're cooking meals for their kids and not just throwing pizza in the oven every single night. And these people sit there and they say, I, I see that there is hope. I know that it's possible, but I don't feel like it's possible for me because this seems insurmountable. And so this podcast is for those people. This podcast is for anyone out there who feels like they're a failure, who feels like I'm not cut out for this, um, that this is just not possible for me and that there's really no no hope of me figuring this out. I want to give you practical tips. I want to talk to you about realistic things that you can do. I don't want to just talk about my experiences. I don't just want to talk about big overreaching ideas here. I want to delve into this problem and tell you that there is a way out and tell you that I'm just like you and that I have my good days and my bad. And I want to share that all with you so that you can see the full picture of of what those days look like. And the reality is, is that that success that you have in your mind of homeschooling moms who have it all together, it's it's a bigger picture. There's more at play there. They have it all together overall. They don't have it all together in every area or in every season or at every moment of their day. They overall have something that's working for them, which gives them the strength to power through those moments when it isn't perfect. So we're going to talk about all of that today. That was a long introduction, but hopefully it gives you a good idea whether or not this podcast is going to be helpful or interesting to you. Because if not, I don't want to waste your time. We're busy. Go do what you need to do and no judgment from me. And we can continue with today's podcast. So sit back, get yourself a cup of coffee tea, whatever, whatever you like, go and grab it, sit down, put on the earphones. The kids are going to be fine and enjoy today's episode. All right. For all you perfectionists out there, welcome. Welcome to my little circle of perfectionism, which I'm very comfortable in because my perfectionism allows me to completely reject anything that seems um, unsustainable, anything that seems unachievable because I am desperately afraid that I'm going to fail. Is anyone out there nodding right now? Yeah. Okay, so perfectionists actually can come across, I've said this before and I'll say it again, as the most lazy people in the planet. They can come across as people who are unmotivated slackers, um, but you're actually you're actually a, 
of perfectionist. And the reason that you struggle getting the drive to do something is because you feel like you can't do it perfectly or you're going to mess it up in some way. And so therefore, what is the point of even trying? Now, the reason I'm bringing this up right in the beginning, which is seemingly having nothing to do with what I originally was talking about, is because this is what limits us from finding a healthy balance. Because a healthy balance involves having grace for yourself and being willing to make mistakes. And that is the only way that you can actually really see both sides of the equation and until you can see both sides of that coin of okay this is what happens when I do nothing this is what happens when I go crazy and do everything then you can find a middle place a common ground something that is sustainable and achievable and works for your family but isn't going to burn you out and isn't going to make you feel like you're a complete and utter failure and that's what you need to find that's really the key to this because regardless of how much you do, I could sit here and tell you exactly how I do everything in order to mimic me, but it's not really about that, is it? It's about that feeling you get when you go to bed at night and you feel like, man, I suck at this. It's about feeling like I didn't get this done, I didn't get this done, I didn't get this done, I didn't get this done. I am not a good housewife. I can't seem to invest anything in my husband because I'm dog tired at the end of the day and I don't even want to have a conversation, let alone try to explain homeschooling life to him because I'm living this right now and he totally doesn't get it and I don't feel like trying to validate myself to him or prove myself to him and it's too exhausting or whatever and so you just pull back and you withdraw and then you feel like you're a terrible wife. I've been in all of these situations. I have seen my house fall to pieces and I am so unhappy. I'm so unhappy when my house is a mess, when every room I walk into is in utter disarray and utter destruction. I am so unhappy when I am trying to get us ready to go out the door and I cannot find anything anything. I can't find that card that I need because there's piles of paper everywhere. The kids have lost their shoes because they take them everywhere. I'm unhappy. That's the point that I start getting really frustrated. I feel my blood pressure rise. I feel my anxiety rise. And I I live in that sometimes for whole seasons of unhappiness because I'm failing as a housekeeper. I'm not keeping my home. My home is keeping me and it's doing a great job of it because I just run around like a chicken with my head cut off. And we all get in that. And sometimes it's just a slump and you just got to work through it. But I've had whole seasons of that, you guys. I've had whole seasons where it is seriously like once a week I cook a meal. Most of the time I'm pulling stuff out. We're stopping places to pick stuff up. I don't have the energy or desire or time or whatever to cook nutritious food for my family. I go through seasons of totally failing at homeschooling. In fact, you might think, you might think that when I say that, I mean that I don't get done everything on my list. No, I'm talking we just don't do school for months 
sometimes that's because my blog or a project that I'm working on has overtaken my life and everything else has to bow to this higher precedence that I have and sorry kids, sorry school, it's not going to happen. But here's the beauty of seasons like this. The beauty of seasons like this is that I have seen that A, when I do nothing with school, my kids still learn. They're still learning and they're still growing and better yet, there are times that that break is actually what brings breakthrough. I'm going to repeat that because I know someone out there needs to hear this tonight. That break sometimes is what is needed to bring breakthrough. We push and we push and we push our kids. We're frustrated, they're frustrated. We're crying, they're crying, whatever. Teaching your child how to read, teaching your child money, teaching your child that new math concept and everyone's going crazy and they can't grasp it. Sometimes I have seen where I've stepped back and I've taken months off and I come back and my kids are like whole books ahead of where they were before because that concept is just there. They got it. They got it without the pressure, without feeling their own fear of failure or of disappointing me. So I have seen the beauty of what can happen. I have seen that not everything falls apart when I'm not doing everything. I've seen that end of the coin of what happens in my failures, of what happens in my slumps, of what happens in my, my own disappointments of myself. I've seen what happens. I've also seen what happens when I am Tigger and for some reason or other, I get super motivated and my life is on. Like it's like I'm my A game me. I get everything done. I wake up early. I go to bed on time. I spend time doing my devotions. I'm, you know, waking up early and doing that before I'm even with the kids. I'm making breakfast before they get up. And by the way, it's not no, you know, baseless cereal. It's like oatmeal with nuts for toppings and healthy. I'm talking healthy stuff here. And I am doing everything with every individual kid and I'm getting together with friends and we're getting it out in the community and I'm making a meal in the morning so that all day it's like simmering in a crock pot and smells good and I feel motivated and accomplished and Man, that motivation only propels me to do even more. So I keep going and I keep going and it's amazing and I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And then one day I either get really, really sick or I completely burn out or I crash. I crash and I crash hard. So I have seen in these moments of super success, I've seen what can happen. I've seen myself go and accomplish in that short amount of time more than I could have done in months of just plugging away. I've seen amazing breakthrough happen, amazing breakthrough in my home, things that I haven't done all year that all of a sudden I sit down and do more progress than I've done in a year. I've seen amazing progress in my children. I can take them sometimes, sometimes I'm not even joking, an entire year ahead when we just sit down for a few months and just focus, intense focus on one area or one subject. I've seen breakthrough. So I know that there's value to it, but I've also seen that I burn out, that it's not sustainable, that I cannot keep it up, even though I'm so unbelievably happy because I'm getting so much stuff done. I feel really good about myself. My kids are getting the best of me. I'm spending time with my husband. It's a good place to be. I love that place. 
But then when I fall, I fall so hard and I fall so far that I can, it, it can take me months to crawl back up just to normalcy, just to normalcy, just to where I'm starting to put on clothing and, and get out of my pajamas. This is just being real, okay? So the reason that I'm talking to you perfectionists is because until you've experienced both sides, until you've been willing to let go of your fear of failure and just go for it and you have seen the, the extent of what can happen, now you can find a happy middle place. You can find this area of your life where you are happy because you're getting some things done. And you don't feel so overwhelmed because not everything is falling to pieces. But you're giving yourself grace and understanding and you're being flexible for those times or those seasons or those moments when kids get sick or this happens or that's not working and you can flow. And until we can get to the point of flow, then we're always lurching. Does anyone else feel like they're lurching through this whole thing? You know, even if you're not homeschooling, even if you get to the end of your rope and you really decide, I can't do this. And you put your kids in school. By the way, still not a total end game failure. You put your kids in school, you give up, you throw your hands in the air. Do you ever still feel like you're lurching through life? The thing is that that doesn't ever really go away. You've just changed your chaos from what it was before and the pressure you felt of trying to provide all of the educational um, support for your child and now you have changed that pressure to getting them where they need to be, getting their homework done, you know, being that super mom, soccer mom, whatever, all their extracurricular, everyone else is doing it, all their friends activities. It's just a different kind of pressure and a different kind of stress and I still watch my friends whose kids are in school lurch their way through and they're unhappy. They're unhappy. So it doesn't matter if you homeschool, it doesn't matter if you if you, you know, unschool, it doesn't matter if you have your kids in school, none of that really matters. The point is, is that we all have so much to do. There's always pressure. It is the environment we live in. It's the society and the culture that we are in. And until we can find an area of balance, of give and of take, we are going to struggle with this elated happiness which is a feeling that is fleeting. And then when it's gone, this depression and this anxiety and this fear and this stress and this sadness and this, this weight we put on ourselves of we are failures. I'm a failure. I just suck. So it doesn't really matter. The point that I'm trying to make here is that you can accomplish a lot. And I'm going to give you some practical tips now for the second half of it. But first... Before you can really get to that place, you have to get to a place of finding sustainability within yourself. All right? Can you hear my dryer going on behind me? That's right. I threw in a load of laundry. And when you podcast, it's supposed to be totally quiet. But you know, my kids are asleep. So it's as quiet as it's going to get right now. And I really needed the laundry done. So we're powering through because we're getting stuff done. Hey, if you have a load of laundry that needs to be done, pause me because you can do that and head on over and throw it in. And then while you're listening and sipping a coffee or a tea, you too are accomplishing something and propelling your way towards success. There you go. Okay, let's get into some practicalities. I'm going to talk to you today about schedules. I feel like I need some sort of like sound effect there. Dun, 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 you know? 
schedules have such a bad name. I myself have been guilty of doing the whole schedules versus routine comparison and that schedules are fixed and they're rigid and they set you up for failure and that routines are fluid and flexible and they are superior. Now, I still actually kind of believe that. I still believe that having a flow and not necessarily setting a time to it gives you some structure to how you want your day to lay out without the pressure of an exact time because you just can't plan that much. You just can't. You can't say even that socials will take this long. Sometimes it takes five minutes. Sometimes it takes 40 minutes. It depends on discussion. It depends on how much there is in that lesson. Unless you're going to go every single day and plan the night before, then it's really hard to get a schedule and have it up on the wall and expect it to work in every situation and every day. Sometimes our schedules are changing day to day, sometimes week to week, sometimes month to month. So routines just give you that flexibility of I want to work through these things in this order and this is what I want to fit into my day but I'm not going to limit myself and I'm going to have some flexibility. So for perfectionists, that's why I have said that in the past. But now kind of looking at it from my, you know, been homeschooling a while. I have less pride now than I used to. I don't have all the answers. I feel like the more you homeschool, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah. I have like, sometimes I feel like I have no answers, guys. Like I'm just a fish out of water trying to flop around and, and figure it out. And it's a guessing game and every day is different. So my advice to you changes based on my experiences, which change every day. So there you have it. That's my confessional. Um, but I realize it's almost mincing words, you know, it's like we get so caught up in it. It's really mincing words. It doesn't actually really matter if you say 8.30 and you don't do it till 8.40. Unless you're so type A that the fact that you feel behind schedule is going to like, you're going to feel like you need to catch up and it's like super pressure to you. Most people aren't that um, wound up. Most people aren't that concerned. Most people are willing to flex and it's like, okay, if I get a little behind, I can, I might be able to catch up. And if I can't catch up, then something will have to be cut. And that's why you want to kind of plan your day with the most important things at the beginning so that if things have to get cut towards the end, it's okay, right? So it's about how you lay it out. But the reality is now that you kind of understand the difference between a schedule and routine, both of those are incredibly valuable. And in a homeschool mom, especially if you work from home, I I get a lot of those questions, whether it be some sort of MLM company or whether it be your own business or whether you work for somebody else, it doesn't really matter. The point is, is that working from home on top of homeschooling, on top of, you know, keeping your home, on top of cooking for your kids, on top of um, having any time for yourself, which is so, so, so important. We know it. We know it. We have to pour in or we have nothing to pour out. And on top of all of that, having time for your husband, which is critical. It's critical. You know, that's another thing we don't talk about. And I just have to vent it right now so that I can remember because we do not talk about marriage and homeschooling. It's hard, you guys. It's not all smooth sailing. And we don't talk about that enough. We don't talk about, you know, when husbands don't understand or don't support or don't see or, you know, just stress is rising because your focus is so on the kids and anything that's left is the house or yourself so you have your sanity that, I don't know, he's my last priority half the time. And that's not healthy and it's not good and it causes problems. And so I'm constantly trying to redistribute me, 
That's what it feels like. It feels like I'm redistributing me so that there's enough of me to go around because there's never enough of me to go around. Me, the teacher. Me, the blogger. Me, the speaker. Me, the writer. Me, the worship leader. Me, the wife. Me, the house cleaner. Me, the cook. Me, like it's, it's everywhere. Everywhere I go, me, the friend. I want to be all those things, but there's just not enough of me. <laughs> Anyone else? So you get in the situation where you're so overwhelmed and even if you're not doing all the same things that I am and your life isn't as crazy, honestly, you guys, homeschooling, cooking, cleaning, having time for yourself and time for your husband, those things enough are already more than enough. They're already, your plate is overflowing. And so for anybody that is homeschooling, a schedule or routine is a lifesaver. It is. There are unique cases where certain children will not thrive in a routine or a schedule or any sort of structure. They need total lack of structure in order to thrive. And so I am not saying this as a rule. I am not saying this as a make it or break it. I am saying this as the vast majority, the vast majority of children thrive in structure. The vast majority of humans thrive in structure. We thrive when we know what is expected of us. When we can move through a day with peace and calm because we're just going through the motions and we know what to expect. That's half the reason that we say working, you know, is like a a vacation. It isn't because it actually is a vacation. Of course, it's working. It's hard to leave your kids. There's all these things. However, there is a peace in and a joy in knowing what's expected of you, that you are an important part of a bigger picture and of just moving through and doing what is expected of you and then receiving praise for what you have done and recognition for a job well done. Our kids need that. We need that. So why would we not think that our kids need that? And honestly, the vast majority of children do will do better when they have even a rough idea of what's going to come. Now, the reason that a lot of people rebel against a schedule or a routine or anything is, like I said, fear of failure, intense fear of failure, because maybe they've tried it. Most people have. In fact, I don't know if I've talked to anybody who hasn't tried some sort of routine or schedule to see how it'll work. We all get motivated. It's 2018. Come on. New Year's resolution. This is what my day is going to look like. This is my perfect day. You know, we try. And then what happens is that we feel like it's such an utter failure that, well, we just write it off and say that doesn't work for me or that doesn't work for my child. But we forget that any habit you know takes three weeks or more to form, okay? We also know that children are naturally stubborn and they will resist change. And you know, just like when you take a break from school and you try to get back into it and your kids whine and they fuss and they weep and it's the gnashing of (laughs) teeth and they're just done, right? They just don't want to get back into it. And it's this huge hurdle you got to break through of like, let's get back into it. Um, It's the same thing with a routine or a schedule. I hear my cat crying out my door. Poor kitty. Anyways, with routine or schedule, you have to give it time because it's going to take time for them to settle into it. And when I say time, I mean up to a month. Up to a month of, 
you're not going to be a slave to it, you guys. I'm not talking about that. And that's why I prefer the word routine because I feel like without those times, sometimes there's more flexibility, but it really doesn't matter. I actually, even though I say routine and I give myself a routine, I usually assign times to it simply because in order to make a routine of what I want to happen, I have to assign times so that I can realistically see what I can fit in. Because if I make a routine, I will put way too much into it. If I don't have a time assigned and I don't know how much time that's going to take, I will fill my daily routine with like two days worth of stuff because that's me. I'm an overachiever and then an over failure. (laughs) So what works for me is, and I actually, you guys, my greatest peace of mind is to do it daily. I make a daily schedule. Yeah. I'm that person I just laughed at two seconds ago. I sit down the night before when I'm stressed and there's stuff happening the next day and I don't want to forget anything. And I sit down and I have my traveler's notebook, which some of you have seen. It has all different sorts of inserts and notebooks in it. And I open it up and I write the date at the top and I make a rough, messy, terrible sketch of my day. And I say tomorrow I'm going to get up at six and I'm going to have devotions and I'm going to have my coffee and I'm going to check my emails and do my scheduling. And then at seven, I'm going to wake up the kids and we're going to have breakfast and then we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I go through my day and I schedule it all out. And usually it helps me be more realistic in what I can actually accomplish because I know that I have to give myself probably an hour for each child for that one-on-one time with me for their schooling because that's where they're at right now. And then there just isn't enough time for me to fit in a lot of those other things that I would normally try and push for. Does that make sense? I'm hoping that you're seeing kind of a bigger picture of it really is the most practical tip I have. I mean, I could give you the bigger picture tips like I talked about. And and um, on my blog, you guys, if you go and search how I fit it all in or routines or schedules or working from home, any of those things, I've got lots of information on my blog that can give you, you know, whole lists. If you're looking for like a list, there's lots of different tips that I have. Things like you know, to fit it all in, you have to think of yourself and you have to make self-care a priority. Like Yeah, of course. So I've got a whole list of those overreaching things. But today I want to tell you the most important, the arsenal, the number one thing that you can do practically to fit in more because you would be shocked by how much you can fit in. And you've had those good days. You know that on a good day you can fit more than you even imagined in. But it starts with, yeah, taking care of yourself, putting things that are a priority, put those first. You have to do that, you guys. Whether it's a routine or a schedule or whatever, you have to put what is important first. If you don't, then when you get to the end and life happens and things get cut, then it might be the things that are more important. Okay, so other practical tips, things like looping. I've talked about this before, but just a quick overview, a a loop would be kind of like a routine, but it's not for every day. That would be for the stuff that you want to alternate day to day to day. You could have cleaning loops. You could have homeschool loops. You could have whatever, anything that you want, activity loops, um, loops that you're going to do once a week. This is my loop for Tuesdays. This is my week loop for Wednesdays. And you put things in there in accordance with how often you want to do them. So for example, if I wanted to do... um, If I want to do art, history, I want to do poetry, I want to do um, 
composers, I want to do Spanish, I want to do whatever. This is extra stuff, right? Cooking class. Then I'll put them into my loop in order of the frequency I want them to happen. So I'll say, okay, I want to do cooking and then I want to do Spanish and then I want to do art history and then I want to do Spanish and then I want to do composer study and then I want to do um, whatever. So you see like by putting something in there more, Again, there's no day assigned to this and I can do it however I want, whether it's a weekly or a daily or something. It's gonna, this is my loop for three o'clock. This is my three o'clock loop. So every day at three o'clock, I'm gonna look at my loop and I'm just gonna move to the next one. So Spanish, because I've put it in there more, is gonna happen more frequently. Whereas some of the other ones are gonna be less frequently, but it's going to ensure that at three o'clock, I'm doing some of these things, which means that those composer studies that I got at that bundle sale or that um, art history thing or poetry thing that I wanna do is going to happen every once in a while. It's not gonna happen every day because I can't fit it in every day, but it's gonna happen once in a while. So what this does for you, okay, overall, I'm talking overall here because I'm going over my time. What this does for you is that by, by making your list at night, and, and if you have an overall schedule, great. Overall routine, that's great. I often will have kind of an overall picture, but then I still find that the night before, I, I need to go to bed with purpose. I need to go to bed also and get all of that stress and worry and things I'm thinking about onto paper. So I need to just scribble. I need to sit down and just write. What's happening tomorrow? What do I need? Okay, I'm going grocery shopping. I'm going to make my grocery list now. I want to have everything in my brain gone. I sleep better. That's the first thing that happens. I sleep better. I sleep deeper and I wake up more refreshed because all those worries and stresses that I was carrying are now out on paper and I know I'm not gonna forget them and I can deal with them tomorrow. I don't have to carry them in my mind because my mind's tired, guys. It's tired. There's just so much it's carrying all the time and losing too, anyway. So that's the first thing it does for me. The next day I wake up and I am more likely to wake up at the time my alarm goes off because I've already set my whole day before me and I already know that in order to do all these things which are important to me, that I need to wake up at this time. And I'm the queen of the snooze button, queen of it. And so I'm more likely to wake up at that time because I know that I need to. I've got too much going on for me to not and this is an important day for me. So I'm going to wake up. And so that next day I wake up, I wake up with purpose, I wake up refreshed, I'm ready to go, and I don't even look at my schedule. This is the other thing. I don't even look at it. And there's a couple reasons for this, you guys. There is so much power in connecting your thoughts to a kinesthetic motion and to a visual representation. Okay? The way that your brain works is this. The more pathways, you make a pathway, you think about something, you create a new pathway in your mind, you have created a thought. If you never access that thought again, the likelihood of you remembering and recalling it and discovering that exact pathway are next to zero because it was there and it was gone. That's things like dreams, right? I'm terrible. I can never remember my dreams. However, if you can build more roots if you can go over that pathway multiple times, it reinforces it in your mind and it makes it more likely that you're gonna recall the information. And if you can do that through different ways to connect different parts of your brain and use more of your brain for that same thought, the more likely you are to remember it. So I have a thought tomorrow, 
we have swim practice at 11 o'clock. I need to wake up. I need to make sure that I've got lunch. We get school done in the morning and I need to have the bags packed. And I want to make sure I do dinner in the crock pot at 9 a.m. So I don't forget about dinner again and it's done and it's something I don't have to think about. I've had this thought. Now I'm getting ready for bed and I'm stressed because I'm thinking, oh, I've got so much to do tomorrow. Instead of stressing about it, I'm just going to write it down. So I get my pen and I am physically forming the words that my mouth, that my mind is thinking. By doing this, I'm building a kinesthetic connection, okay, to this thought. At the same time as that, and I'm thinking it again now, I'm processing it again, so I'm going over the same information, I'm moving my hand, I'm doing something, an action that is helping to reinforce it. At the same time as that, I'm bullet pointing it, and I can see very clearly, and I'm such a visual person, that when I remember things, I often actually see exactly how it was written. I can see the page before me and read it rather than actually feel like I'm recalling something vague in my head. So I see it and as I'm seeing it and then I read it through when I'm done. You know, you make your list and you go through and I read it through at the end. Now it is so cemented in my mind. I don't need it. I don't have to be a slave to it and sit there all day long and see, I don't even really care if I do this at 8.30. I know I'm never going to fit everything in. I'm able to be flexible with myself. And sometimes I'm shocked. I'll go and look at it the next day. I'm like, oh, man, I fit all that in and more because I have now, I've gotten it all out. You guys, I've gotten it all out. I've made a plan and it's more for my mind than it is for me to actually make a schedule and follow it. That is the beauty for me of doing it daily, whether you do it at night or whether you do it in the morning when you first wake up with your cup of coffee, there is so much power in making a list for yourself and don't discount it. And don't think just because you are a perfectionist or you're not going to be able to keep up with it or you're not going to you know, be a slave to it and you don't want to be a slave to it, that it's not going to be a useful tool to you because you would be amazed at how useful the process of it is more than the actual thing is. It's about the process. So I encourage you guys, that was really, you know, I'm not sure. I'm hoping that was really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> how I fit it all in. And you know, you've clearly heard today, I don't fit it all in, but I encourage you guys to give it a try. I encourage you guys to sit down, make yourself a list, make yourself an overall routine of what you want for your homeschool day. Put it up on your homeschool wall so your kids can see it so they start to know what to expect. Your older kids will read it. They'll start to tell you. They'll start to do it because they know what's expected of them and they know that, okay, I want to go outside or I want to do this or I want to get together with my friend. So I'm going to try to follow this. And the more they do it, you'll find you'll wake up in the morning. You slept in that one day. No problem. Kids are already working on their school, especially if they're older. It makes such a difference. So there you have it. Kids are whining. You're struggling getting them motivated. That's my biggest tip for both your kids' sake and for your sake. And if nothing else, you guys, come and find me on Facebook. Send me a message. I would love to hear your personal story. Join our Facebook group. It's Hip Homeschoolers on Facebook. And it it can really help you to hear from other parents and hear their ideas and their stories and share your own and hear from other people what they have found can be successful and can work for their kids because I don't have all the answers. And sometimes we need community and we need support and someone else to tell you, you are not failing. You are not failing and that there is hope and that it can improve. Well, 
you've made it through an entire episode of me rambling. So congratulations. If you want more of my rambling, you can find me online on my blog at hiphomeschoolingblog.com. You can find me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram as hiphomeschooling. And I am on Pinterest as well as hhomeschooling. So you can kind of find me everywhere. Just search me. You'll find me. Otherwise, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. I hope you have a fantastic homeschool and take the time to really get to know what is going to work for your family. And I hope to see you again next week.